it's about time for true crime hello hi hey hey what's up it feels like it's been a month since we've sat here and done this it's so true i mean not for you guys but for us it's been a hot minute it has been a lot has happened it has you've gone on a vacation yes um my cat's birthday happened that's true uh oh I've been having like a little bit of a crisis about it, but I love him. About his birthday? Yeah. Why? Because he was so young, but like he's not always going to be so young. <laughs> um, he's very young and feisty at heart. Yes, he is. Um, Let's see. I think he's turning four or five. We don't know. Oh, that's right. Because we don't know. Yes. And we know the date, but they said it was born in 2018. And I just don't believe it. He was three pounds when I got him. There's no way he was like two years old when I got him. No. And he's like fully developed a face like his fur has gotten longer. Yeah, he definitely looks different from when you first got him. Yeah, he feels like he grew up. So I don't know that that was true. Maybe he was like a year or something. Well, because you got him, what, 2020? Yeah. And they think he was born 2018. That doesn't add up. It's probably 2019. Yeah. If that. um, My. When I'm playing God, I'm saying that he's four. Okay. <laughs> but um there is like it's that, just easier. Yes. And there's this little part of my brain that's like, he might be five. He could be five. He could be five. Well, he's so. not because he's four. Exactly. He's four. So that was that. But I did find him some very fun little gifties and he did get like a good little brekkie. Um, he got a birthday brekkie. He did. So his birthday brekkie was like chicken feast and gravy because duh. Ooh. And then I gave him um <laughs> I know, disgusting, but he <laughs> loves gravy shit. Yes. So then I gave him two of those little, like, little chicken things from Fancy Feast that are super smelly, but, like, actual little pieces of chicken. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're disgusting. And then a <laughs> couple, yeah, they're nasty. And I, like, have to wash my hands, like, eight times after I <laughs> give him one. But that, and then I did a couple of, like, the little crunchy treats on it. And oh. I was like, happy birthday. Oh, and so he's cute. like, I'll attack your hands later. Yeah. And then I, um... Gave him some fun things that he liked. Aww. So, very fun. But that Happy happened boy. since we last recorded. You got tan? I did. Yeah. Yeah, I went to Florida. I had an absolutely amazing time, I have to be honest. Yes. And I spent some time with some family who I love dearly and truly just had... From start to finish. It was a very quick trip. It wasn't even a week. It was like a few days. Yeah. But the whole time was just like laughing and having fun. And Ugh. even if the water, the water, the weather didn't cooperate, it was like, that's it. It didn't matter. It was all Ugh. about the company and having fun. And it was awesome. I love that. So now I'm back and like doing the real world things. And ugh. I know. It's so rude. I don't know who came up with this whole five days on, two days off thing. I'm not a fan. I have to be honest. Same. I, I don't think i like them that much no but it is what it is and we'll roll with it but it was very nice to be away it's i guess okay to be back (laughs) yeah fair well i have some awful things for us today okay yeah yeah awful things today so we're gonna need to buckle up i'm gonna give a big fat trigger warning at the front of this for rape like a 
big fat trigger warning for rape and okay. also a little like bit underlined of violence. yeah okay. underlined bold in red highlighted um with the little gift that like makes it pop out at you okay like italics warning. yeah okay mm-hmm. italics for sure all right so i did want to take a little page out of your book which was i heard about it on another platform so it was and i survived okay and so that does mean she survives y'all but i like hearing it in their words yes because i don't feel like i'm piecing together what reporters have decided the narrative is or whatever and the other piece is like this is so nasty and brutal that i really liked in her words she got to talk about all of the really nice touches of humanity throughout the process good that i was like okay that does make it feel a little bit better yes um i did also listen to the podcast of the i survived so i saw it and i listened to it i think they were like the same but i just wanted to make sure i wasn't missing anything of course and of course i used a plethora of other sources i used eight days in darkness which is actually the book that anita wrote on this and I got a bunch of different news sources from the Chicago Tribune. I got some from the Kokomo um, Times, as well as I found quite a few of the actual transcripts from court cases that involved these two. All right. And you're citing your sources at the front? Uh, I know. Oh, my. I also just wanted to let you know that if any of you guys, and I assume you probably would be because you're listening to this podcast, but if you're like me and you just have like a lot of anxiety... Um, and maybe are the kind of girly that texts like three people where you're going all the time, has your location on for like <laughs> your closest top five on MySpace and a geocache on each piece of evidence that might be left. Um, you might want to skip a little, but I'll try to get, I'll, oh. I'll try to tell you when that happens. This was not a fun one to like research a lot on because I was like, Ooh, now I'm anxious. Ooh, now I'm anxious, but, <laughs> uh, it's so good. I have to talk about it. <laughs> I like it. Howdy, hey, hey, party people. I'm taking us to Kokomo, Indiana. Okay, we're going to Indiana. We are. Out west, I like it. I know, closer to my neck of the woods. All right. So I couldn't find a specific birth date, but Anita Woldridge graduated high school in 1995, so I'm assuming she was probably born in 1977. Mm -hmm. Just doing some math. And the timing of a lot of this is weird. I kept seeing reports going back and forth between 1998 and 1988, But considering 1998 is what's used in all of the motions in the courts, that's what I'll be going off of because I don't think she was 11. It sounds like she was a full-grown human, which is the smallest, slightest bit better. So (laughs) I'm taking it. Not good, just slightly better. We'll take what we can get right now because I don't feel like this is going to be good. No. So we're going to go to June 25th, 1998. Anita would have been 21 at the time, and she was living with her parents. She actually woke up to have a normal morning. She woke up. I think she said that her parents, like, tried to wake her up a few times because she had just graduated from school. But she had a day off from her job, and she was going to go get lunch with her grandparents and her boyfriend. So she had a whole day planned. But she wakes up, and she goes to the kitchen, and she's probably making, like, coffee or breakfast or, or both. I hear many people don't consider coffee to be a balanced breakfast, but I mean, for some of us, <laughs> it's worked for me so far. I'm just saying. <laughs> so I assume both, but who knows? She was putzing around in the kitchen. And again, she was like getting ready for her day. She was going to have lunch with her grandparents. Her boyfriend was going to pick her up to take her. Um, and it was just sort of like mentally going over what she was going to do. Mm-hmm. 
And now suddenly there are two very big disruptions to Anita's morning. Okay. First, there's a telephone ring. And it's 1998, right? So it's not like there's caller ID. It's not like she knows anything. She just knows she has to grab it. She's Mm -hmm. living at home. It could be for anyone. Right. The other thing is a knock at the door. So Anita quickly answers the phone. And I assume with the little phone trapped between like her shoulder and her ear, you know, like everyone did. Of course. Um, She went to the door and opened it. And who is at the door but Victor Steele? And I know what you're thinking. You're like, who the fuck is Victor Steele? That's exactly what I was thinking. (laughs) Who the fuck is Victor Steele? Well, that's fair. We haven't talked about him yet. Correct. So we're going to talk about him. Anita used to work at a gym that Victor Steele went to. Okay. Victor's maybe like 5'10", maybe a little bit overweight, uh, a white male. And Anita says he has beady eyes, which I kind of agree. But, you know, they're not like Billy Joel beady eyes. (laughs) Oh. No offense. I love him. But just saying. I so, won't tell him you said that. Thank you. I know you guys are tight. Well, so I could text him right now and I'm sparing you. So Victor was kind of creepy and definitely smelly. But Anita thought he ultimately was harmless. Like other than the fact that she felt like she had to hold her breath when he came around <laughs> to talk about his science fiction novels. I mean, he was acted the same with everyone, you know, mm-hmm. and Victor was also balding kind of had thin greasy hair and victor would talk to all of the women and also be like a little flirty like she called him a loner and since that was like his overall vibe she was like maybe he just doesn't know interactions with women or like interactions in general because i don't think she really saw him interact with males well and i think the smelly piece of it will deter a lot of people as well yeah So there's that. So there was no real like giant waving red flags over an awkward guy who smelled a little who couldn't really flirt other than talking about his science fiction novels. Yeah, she just was trying to be polite and do her job that she didn't exactly want to like be friendly with. Right. Like super friendly. So May of 1997, Anita moved to a new job. So she hasn't seen Victor in like over a year. And because she was on the phone, she didn't even like think why he is here. So she's on the phone. She's talking. She opens the door. He's there. He's all like sweaty from riding his bike or whatever. And she grabs him a glass of water. And so Anita says that she stepped on a tack on the way to the door. So on the way to go get the water, she like picks it up. Right. Because. Ow. Like. Uh, Ow. Yeah. She just picks it up. Like, oops, didn't mean to step on that. Dude, I'd be on the floor. (laughs) I know. I'd have the phone in my like little shoulder. I'd be like, ow. I've been stabbed. (laughs) Man down, I've been shot. I know. But, you know, she goes to pick this up and Anita says that at that moment she feels an electrical current going through her back. Oh my God, she's been tased? Yeah. So Anita was screaming and she's fighting and she had no clue what was happening. Then she got hit again with an electrical current. Oh, baby. She's still fighting and finally she sees Victor reach around her and she saw a stun gun and she lost control over her legs and fell. So Victor then puts his knee on her back and starts tying up her, you know, hands and feet. And he's talking. I mean, he he likes to talk, that guy. So he says he wants to rob her and he needs her bank info. Um, and at the same time, he uses zip ties to tie up her hands and feet. Victor shows Anita a gun. He's like, I'm not joking. It's loaded. Like, I'm here to rob you. Dick. Which, sir, she was just going to get you a glass of water. Like, that's a nice human. What the fuck? And also, I mean, isn't he? He knows her enough. Is she someone that has a lot of money? 
I, I don't know. She was working at a gym as like a, a job job. So I wouldn't say she's like a Rockefeller. Well, right. So it's like I figured if he's going to rob somebody like wh- aren't you going to. I mean, I also, obviously, if we're talking about him here, I don't think he's just robbing her. But yeah. and the trigger warnings kind of give it away. But what I'm saying is it's right. like first you shouldn't rob anybody. Yeah. But from a criminal standpoint, you would try to take Get the most out of your efforts no? yeah you would you not go for someone that is actually has things that you believe you can get easily not someone who's just like your average joe on the same par as you i don't know yeah no exactly and the other thing is that's very concerning for me and frankly i have not heard an answer to he hasn't seen her in over a year and when he saw her it was at a gym so i don't know how the hell he tracked down her house yeah, he wasn't somebody that she was hanging out with outside of no, work. She was holding her breath through his sci-fi novel synopsis. Oh. And nothing against sci-fi, but mostly about him being smelly. But a little bit if you didn't ask. Yeah, I mean, if it's every time you're talking to someone and they're like, you got to hear about my new chapter. And it's like, no, I don't. <laughs> and you're taking 30 minutes of someone's time. <laughs> Sir, I have to go wipe down that piece of equipment. Can you shut up? <laughs> <laughs> There's pubes to clean in the bathtub. <laughs> in the bathroom. Yeah. And uh, I'd rather be doing that. Yeah, so I gotta go. That just makes me think of Broad City. That's why. I know. <laughs> Abby, we have a pube situation that is unprecedented. <laughs> Abby, um, someone vomited on a, what is it? Like a fitness ball? Yeah. And it, it bounced it, down two flights of stairs. Yeah. <laughs> It's everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> you might want to get your dust brush. She's like, that's not a dust brush job. <laughs> your mop. No, I don't have a mop. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, if you haven't seen it, it's goofy. It's it's goofy. It takes a certain energy to be in to watch it, but it's so good. Yes. So anyway, um, at this point, all Anita can think of is like, what the hell is going on? And she tells him she believes him and that she wants him to put the gun away. She's like, I believe you. Like, <laughs> I'm not going to do shit. You already tied me up. So. <laughs> and you've tased me. So yeah. I'm, I'm good. Thank you. Um, and he's like shaking. She says she can see him like vigorously shaking. So Anita's Ugh. thinking like, what if he accidentally shot me? So no. she's trying to get him to put it down so he doesn't like pull the trigger out of his nerves. Right. And Anita's hoping it's going to be over in a few minutes. Once he gets like money from her purse or bank info or something. And so she she helps him. She gets him all the stuff. And then Victor says he has to take her with him. No, you don't. So Victor forced Anita into the trunk of her own car, which he then drove to his mother's house. Nope. Didn't have to do that. Nope. Um, Anita feel, feels them drive over gravel and hears like a garage door open and shut. And now, at this point, Anita feels like she knows where they are. Anita's lived in Kokomo, Indiana her whole life. So she's like, okay, a couple rights and a left. I I pretty much have a good idea, but, like, you don't know, no. And then when she hears a garage door open and shut, Victor comes around, opens the trunk, and tells Anita the truth. He's not there to rob her. He has sexual needs, and Anita is there to fill them. I already want to throw up and we're like, what, 10 minutes in? Uh-huh. Yeah. Thank you so much. Uh, my notes are in all cap, ick, ick, ick. What a <laughs> horrific, vile person. And what a sentence. Yeah, I want to rob you. I have needs. 
you're gonna film and your responsibility your duty and your purpose for being here mm-hmm. is for me to use you mm-hmm. light him on fire that's where we're starting so for those of you who want to jump past this you might just want to go to the next episode i'll be real because it's most of this um but it's starting now and it's gonna get worse for a while before it gets better hit me so all right all y'all gone no kids Kids, seriously? Kids, you should not be here. This is not the one. Get the fuck out of (laughs) here. Okay. All right. I'm actually saying it now. It's a lot. All right. So Victor puts Anita on his lap. Her hands are still bound, and he made her start kissing him. Ew. Anita said growing up, she'd always thought she'd rather die than be raped, which a little asterisk here I totally get. I don't think I'd want to live with the trauma of having to remember that every day after it happens. Um, but I also love the fact that in this case, she's like, fuck it. I'm a fighter. Like, yeah, to hell with that. So she said being faced with the exact scenario that terrified her, something in her was like, no, you're fighting. She wanted to live and she was going to do whatever that took. Good. So he said, if you don't comply, I'll just kill you and find someone else. Okay. Like, you know. Way to take away, like, was it something about me? Like, did you want to, did you want to, like, kidnap me specifically? Or was it, like, whoever? I thought I was special. Yeah. So, like, way to take away the one thing that would have kept me going. But, okay. But I'm proud of her that she's, like, deciding in that moment. This was my biggest fear that I had thought of. And I'm, and yes. You know, like, we all have our biggest fears. And you're kind of like, okay, in reality, will I really face this? Probably not. Right. And then she's face to face with this vile disgusting person yeah that is putting her in her biggest fear yeah and she's like fuck this fuck him i'm living i love it and it's that mentality that gets her through the whole fucking thing oh it's so good and by good i mean awful but she is so good (laughs) no but she's a fighter so anita in her confusion abduction and assault comes to terms with the fact that if she doesn't do this, two families could be devastated instead of just one. Mm-hmm. She says, if he's going to kill me and take someone else, that's my family and probably theirs. Yep. If I suck it up and do it, it's mine. Mm. And so she complied. He raped her repeatedly in the garage of his mother's home before packing up and saying that he was taking her somewhere. Uh, Victor leads Anita inside up the stairs into his room. I assume is like childhood bedroom. And I do kind of want to know what posters were on the wall, but I also don't, Ew. you know, um, but he leads her up and he leads Can you imagine her t- the smell? Just a m- no, I refuse. I know exactly the kind of smell it would be. And I refuse like musk and mold and like BO, BO, musk, mold, um, old milk, crunchy socks yeah everything cracked in that awful i bet that like it smells like a gym bag in the whole second floor like you can't contain that kind of smell to a room you know no but like it probably had a haze yeah of just filth and ick can you i feel like i would be more sensitive to walking in and being like like it's stuck in my throat like that kind of the kinds of scents that you can taste Mm mm-hmm have no business being there no absolutely not i think those scents should be illegal 
it, it should be criminal. Yeah. That should be added to his list of charges here. It should be. Okay. Glad we're on the same page. So, uh, um, this is worse. He leads her to his room and he leads her to what she calls her safe haven. Okay. Which is a metal cabinet. What? Mm-hmm. So he has this already equipped in his bedroom. Like he's planned yes. this. This was not a spur of the moment. I can't exactly tell what it looked like. And it's hard to find photos of anything that happens here. So I'm using my imagination. But she says it's like a three foot by five foot metal box. Okay. It's also been called a metal cabinet. So I'm kind of wondering if it's like a storage cabinet that's been emptied of shelves or something. Yeah. It sounds like a dog cage. Mm-hmm. But like not with the grates. With yeah. But less aerated, if you will. And so, yeah, so she felt like she knew roughly where she was, again, since she grew up in the area, but now she's freaking out because she sees this box and he says he's taking her somewhere and Anita's racking her brain for escape plans, potential ways to get out, potential escape plans, knowing she could get help if she could leave. Anita, after the fact, says that praying and her faith was such a giant part of getting her through this. And so I'm going to talk a little bit about her praying, but I mean, she doesn't talk a lot about her spirituality or anything like that. So I can't really speak to how she was praying, to who she was praying, Mm -hmm. other than God. So Anita remembers praying and singing a little hymnal in her head and assuring herself it would be over soon. She'll be found and she'll be okay. So Victor came back and made Anita shower in front of him. (sighs) He put her into his clothes, and they both got in his truck. She was allowed to sit in the front seat, but her hands and feet were still bound. Oh, my God. I would I, I would have yeeted out of there. Mm, mm-hmm. I can't say that. I'm sure she considered yeeting out of there. Yes. And so they're driving for some time, and she's faced with one of the most common issues that us generalized anxiety girlies faced, mm-hmm. um, and that is... When your adrenaline is pumping and your body tries to better its chances at survival in multiple ways, one of the most inconvenient things happens to you. You have to pee constantly. Yes. So I don't know if any of you are aware of like your adrenaline response, but that's what happens, obviously, like when you're in a crisis situation, for lack of a better word, um, and your adrenaline system tries to empty you out so that you are faster for said running Mm -hmm. (laughs) which means if there's any liquid in your body you will be peeing constantly and when I joke about us generalized anxiety girlies it's because we have to be constantly usually because of that even when there's not like a real threat there Uh, Anita obviously had a very real threat yes Um, and so Anita's like hoping and praying that one of these times that she has to pee he'll just pull into a gas station instead um, Victor just pulls over on the sides of back roads and makes her go like behind a couple trees. And I'm mm. like, dude, give her some toilet paper. Like she could get UTIs. I, I, I know he doesn't care about her well-being, but I'm like, give her some toilet paper. Fuck. I'm already out of words and we're 15 minutes in. And I, I hope we get to a point where you say that he's like in solitary and people are really mean to him. And he just has to sit and smell himself. I hope so. Forever. Yeah. I just. We'll hold on to that nugget of hope. We're not even at the worst part, I'm sure. No. And 
I literally wish death upon him. Yeah. Yeah, I know. That's fair. They're not, they're not, we're not even in day two yet. Okay. Like, we're still day one. Okay, this hurts. Yeah. So, they went through some tolls, and whenever they'd go through the tolls, he'd make her sit really close to him, and he'd threaten to kill her if she asked for help. And her feet were still bound, so she wasn't able to, like, pop open the door and roll out and run. Um... So even though they could slow down, it's not like she really had an escape plan in the drive. Right. So after a drive that probably felt like four lifetimes, Victor and Anita have arrived in La Crosse, Wisconsin. Victor had bought a building that he intended to turn into a bookstore. I mean, Tucker probably wants to fill the shelves with his own sci-fi novels, but say la vie. And he took Anita into an apartment that's above the bookstore. Now, it should be noted that this bookstore was not just like a storefront with an apartment above it. It actually used to be a church. And then it was renovated into commercial space, which then became this location. So, you know, they go inside. He brings her up to the apartment. And Anita describes this three by five metal box that she saw in his room that he now brought here. Mm -hmm. And some people call it a cabinet again. I believe... She called it like a wardrobe or something like it's obviously a pretty solid metal box. And we may not know exactly what this box looked like, but the gist is present and daunting. He told her that it would be her bed and he cut her free and locked her in the box. Hmm. Anita says that it was a weird sense of relief. Like even though she wasn't safe for the time being, she was safe from him. And she started to call the boxer safe haven. I'm going to cry in this and it's already coming. Um, (laughs) The box was a box, though. So like the first day, Anita describes how suffocating it was to be in because there's not like airflow going through it. And she thought at first, like, I'm not going to survive that piece. Like, I'm going to die suffocating in here. Mm. And then there was an air conditioning vent that the box laid on. So she was just like pressing her face to the cool spot in the metal. And so the next day when Victor took her out, she was like, I literally will suffocate and die in there. Like, you need to do something. (laughs) Like, if you want to continue to rape me while I'm alive, you are going to have to keep me alive. And that is not going to happen in that box. Wow. And so Victor was like, "Uh, well, I can't just like let you out. Oh, yeah, you can. (laughs) And Anita was like. I fully love this. She was like, I don't know, dude. You gotta figure something else out. Oh, my God. So, that being said, Victor actually ends up putting a fan near this box. I don't know how, like, the doors work or anything. It's still locked, but she says you can get airflow through it now, which is okay. good. Um, to be honest, I'm struggling to, like, picture this, but she said it worked. So, that's okay. The fan moved air in and out of the box and allowed her to breathe to the point where she was like, after that, I wanted to be in the box. Like, she was up there for up to 10 hours at a time. So the next morning, after they have this conversation, Victor took Anita to use the bathroom. And the bathroom's in the basement. Um, He still watched her use the restroom. He never let her out of his sight. And now, because this building used to be a church, there were no showers. Yep. Like, I guess, in this area, in the basement, in, like, Mm -hmm. the storefront kind of area. And so he sort of, like, made a makeshift bath. Like, he hooked up a trash can to a sink, so she kind of showered. Okay. But then he still wouldn't let her out of his sight, and he just stared at her and watched her do that again. 
So she was like, I'm not going to shower. She just refused yeah. after that. She was like, no, I will not be doing that. Um, so this absolutely fucking freak then takes her upstairs to cook breakfast. You know, like a gentleman. Okay. Uh, Anita, understandably, is not hungry. No. Nope. She's like, I don't know why I'd want to eat right now. No, thanks. I'm all set. Um, so, you know what? As like a really decent compromise, he just like raped her again. Instead of breakfast. Okay. So then later that afternoon, Victor decided to be a real gentleman. He put on a movie. Um, granted, he couldn't get through the full movie without raping her again. Um, but he at least followed up some of his indecencies uh, with asking Anita if she wanted to play a board game. And Anita, Anita says that she did what she had to survive. She was like, she had a really great one-liner on this I Survived episode. Mm-hmm. And she was like, it's all checks and balances. If it's play board games or get raped, I'm going to play board games all day long and I'm going to pretend like I liked it. Yep. Uh, Look, she ain't wrong. I I would do the same thing. (laughs) That reminds me of Daniel Starrett. Yeah. That we talked about where it was like. Let's hang out. Yeah. Like she's like, I will watch movies and I will play games and I will do as much as I can to avoid being brought back into that office room. Absolutely. And it's like. I know what's coming and I'm that's just survival yeah and I will really sell this and the other thing is it kind of surprises me that a that people would feel comfortable being like so you played board games like first of all not your fucking place second of all not really an adequate question to ask a survivor like I I wouldn't be like why would you do that I well I would just think how resourceful right for you to be able to keep the focus on that yes and also to pretend you're enjoying it, to be like, yeah, yeah, this is normal and fine. And yeah, don't get mad. Like, <laughs> Yeah, seriously. So during this time in their like connection, if you will, Victor talked about how his family never accepted him. Uh, in high school, he wasn't accepted. It's everybody else's fault, right? Oh, my God. Is she supposed to feel bad for him? I guess. Victor wanted to open up a bookstore and have a game room for kids in it. Oh, I'm sure that was all PG, fucking uh-huh. good-hearted, non-malicious. And Anita's like, I will be damned if a child ever enters this space. Oh, my God. Like, I will be damned. Like, I am not letting that happen. <laughs> and so the next few days that go on, they happen like the prior. Anita's in that box for eight days. She's in this scenario for eight days. And I'm not going to get into all of it because I feel like the last 24 hours says enough. There are a few things that I want to share, though. Okay. Um, there was one particular day, and this is, you know, big trigger warning. If you need to skip past, please, please do. I wish I could skip past, uh, but unfortunately, I'm saying it. So Yeah, me either. So. Uh, one particular day, uh, Victor raped Anita so aggressively anally that the next day she was still vomiting and bleeding from the assault. And unfortunately, uh, that was the best day because he refused to touch her. Oh my God. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So after that, Anita's still in this box for days, right? Just in and out at his will, whatever he wants. Mm. 
I mean, I understand that she probably was in such dramatic physical pain the day after that aggressive right I mean the whole fucking time but specifically after that with mm-hmm. all of those injuries but also how mentally relieving would that be to be like finally like there's something that makes you not want to touch me and why can't I trigger this yeah to happen every time you think about it yeah if I could vomit anytime you touched me I would and like, she's not eating so she's probably at a point where yeah there's nothing to vomit yeah and if she is eating, it's certainly not a lot. It's probably like, fuck, I know I need I need something. Like, Ugh. Anita says that he told her if she cried, he'd just rape her. Like, essentially, he'd give her something to cry about. What the fuck? And so after the first day, she didn't shed a tear. She pretended she liked the whole thing. Which is a totally different level of trauma. Like, that stresses me out. I... Yeah don't have words i'm literally already crying um but she talks about getting through it by like fully dissociating okay. which i love i'm gonna cry no i'm not um <laughs> so she said she'd think about dinners and christmas gifts and like literally anything but what was happening fuck you're gonna cry i'm gonna cry i can't help I it, can't help it. <laughs> fuck. you just stop i look at you don't look at me <laughs> okay fine i won't look at you so she said <laughs> so she says she gets through it by like fully dissociating she's like thinking about what she's gonna get her nieces and nephews for christmas and like what she wants to eat for dinner that week and like whose birthdays are coming up how absolutely incredible that she had the strength to do that i know not knowing that she'd get to go home i know like this is all under the guise that i might die here i mean and with the history but i'm doing everything that i can not to yeah and it's not guaranteed and he's the one that's saying, like, if you show that you're upset, I'm just going to rape you. And also, if you show that you're upset and you're just going to cry the whole time, I'll just kill you and find someone who won't. So she's got to stay so within these boundaries yeah. in a time where nobody can <sighs> actually do that. Yeah. The strength of this girl. I know. And the best part of it, honestly, is I think she was so secure in her family and her connections that she was like i know people are looking for me like i know she's people like are looking i just for me. need to hold on if i can live long enough for them to find me i will live wow and she's right so come july 2nd of 1998 which keep in mind eight days eight days um Ugh. she is woken up to the metal box being opened okay also the other thing that i didn't really touch on is this is a three by five metal box Unless she is four feet tall, she is crumpled up in that thing. Jesus. Yeah. So, like, the claustrophobia, the fact that it's it's hot and yep. it's stuffy and there's barely enough room in there to breathe. Yeah, you'd be okay because you're two but, feet tall, but nobody else would. But she's, <laughs> but she's relieved to be there because it's better than what's on the outside. And yeah. that in and of itself is a torture mechanism. Yeah. It's awful. You're basically suffocating in there. And that's her safe haven. And that's where she feels the safest. Yeah. So how exciting then to wake up to those metal doors opening or that metal door opening and to see people in the SWAT team with FBI jackets opening it up. Oh, my God. Thank God. She said she was thinking how intense it was to see the fbi she was like normally i'd probably be fucking peeing my pants but of like of course but she's like i couldn't I hug like, all of you oh my god thank you like yeah. i'm so excited and we're um 
where she talks about her like friends being like oh my god like we saw you getting carried out like are you okay what happened to your legs she was like no they didn't even give me a chance to walk they just scooped me right out oh and like took me to the little ambulance oh so that they weren't like oh let's try to walk no no, yeah. no we're getting you the no the furthest away from here the fastest we can do that and we're not waiting to see if you can nope we're doing it for you oh so um they scoop her up they carry her outside and like Talk about a modern day knight in shining armor. Oh, yeah. And make no mistake, like while she was free of the house and Victor, her fight is not over. And she had to do the majority of that herself. But that day, fucking yes. Like, no, <laughs> carry you, her out of there. We, we've got you, girl. And so Anita's in the back of the ambulance and she finally starts like bawling. And something that was interesting is like she didn't talk about the fact that she wasn't allowed to cry until after that because the ambulance people were like oh no no honey like it's okay you're safe like you don't have to cry and she's, she's like, like no Fuck I, you it's been eight days of hell and like i'm I not allowed to i wasn't allowed to yeah she's like no i need this also she didn't say fuck i'm adding a lot of this in she's a very sweet girl no we hope she said fuck uh, get, i hope she get did. it out girl and so she was like, I'm going to cry. And they were like, oh, actually do everything you need to do. Yeah. You can cry if you need to cry. It's okay to cry. Like, it's safe yeah. to cry. Um, and <sighs> these are my words, again, not hers. She was like, it was just like eight days of hell. If I cried, I got raped. And if I cried, I was going to die. And like, mm -hmm. no. So she was allowed to sort of like calm down. Um, and then the next thing Anita said is, I have to talk to my mom and dad. I need to get home to organize some things for a wedding I'm in. And I have to pay my credit card bill because it's past due. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> and they were like, fucking what? Why is this the focus that you have right now? And she's like, I had eight days to think. It's the only thing that got me through it. Thinking. Dissociating. Yep. I need to pay my credit card and bill. And she's type A like us. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And so... um. They get to the hospital, and at the hospital, Anita did get to call her family, like, pretty quickly. And it wasn't a long phone call, but enough for them to, like, hear her voice and hear that she's okay and alive. Because how like, many hours away is she from home? Uh, a few. She's in Wisconsin. It's in Indiana, maybe, like, six to ten, depending on where. So it's not where. like her parents are, like, able to get right there. Right. She wasn't brought up the road. She's a distance away. Right. So they then did, like, all of the tests. And frankly, this is some of my worst nightmare is... I don't know how it'd be if I finally got out of all of that like violation and then the next thing that happened was having to have more strangers poke and prod me to do like rape kits and test all of my vitals and organs and probably see what kind of fucking harm he did yeah, with all of that. STD checks and all of the testing that you need to do to make sure that she's going yeah. to be okay beyond the emotional and trauma she's a fucking champ because after all of that she still wanted to do her like interview with the police that night she still was gonna do it after all that good for her but really quick what did crack me up though about the hospital was she was talking about showering like after all of that shit which probably had to feel so good to, to get shower him the fuck off of her in yes. a real shower get his stank off of her mm -hmm. that would be like i i would I feel claustrophobic thinking about an assailant's scent on you. Mm -hmm. Ugh. So um, she takes this shower and she's like, I want a razor. And all of the nurses are like, uh, 
we don't have those. And she's like, assholes. If I wanted to kill myself, I would have killed myself in the eight days I was there. I just need to shave my armpits. <laughs> oh. And they were like, uh, okay, we'll see what we can do. So these nurses like got her a razor. They took her to like the staff showers and let her shower. Oh, good. And they didn't like watch her, which probably was such a relief. Oh. And like her, <laughs> she said what she said is, um, my armpit hair is driving me nuts and you can shave it or I will, but it's getting shaved. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. So they let her do it, which was nice. Um, and then, you know, she was in like a hospital gown, but she didn't really have any clothes. Right. So. Because he put her in his clothes. Yep. So she's not putting that shit back on. Nope. And I'm pretty sure that if they didn't collect it for evidence, if it was on her, that I... I kind of doubt that she had them on when she was found. Right. Um, nasty ass, but like. No, it's true. I, I kind of doubt that he would have. Yeah. He didn't. It didn't seem like he'd allow that. He was treating her like an animal. Yes. And also, like, why would you give someone the decency of having a T-shirt? No. You know? So Anita finally gets to the police station. Um, I think she did get clothes at that point. Like somebody's wife brought her some jeans and like a T-shirt because they were the same size. And so she gets to this police station when she's like, yeah, I'm doing the interview. Like, I'm not going to wait for tomorrow. I just want to do the shit and get home. Like, (laughs) I want to go home. And so she goes with them and they bring her to Burger King because she's starving. And she's talking about in the episode, she's like, I was so worried because I didn't have my purse, so I didn't have a wallet. So I was like, I can't pay for this. And they were like, we got you. And she was like, I'll pay you back for like a $4 Burger King meal. And um, the part that like first made me start crying, crying when I was researching this was the police were like, we are frankly just like happy enough that we found you alive. Like order the whole menu. We don't care it's on us anything you want is yours yeah exactly like you've been a goddamn champ yes and so then a secretary from the fbi's office came to stay with anita in her hotel room so after the interview mm-hmm. um and it was it was funny because like all all of the other fbi members were male but they were like we need someone to stay with you and she kind of walked in and she was like i don't want to seem ungrateful like i'm really really grateful for everything you guys have done uh, but is there like a pair of sweatpants I could sleep in? Like, I just don't really want to sleep in jeans. <laughs> and I don't want to not have clothes on right now. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and so the guy whose wife brought her stuff, like, went to Walmart and got her a shit ton of stuff. Like, deodorant, hygiene stuff. She got her, like, a cute little matching pajama set and, like, brought it over and gave Aww. it to her. So she got all sorts of taken care of. Um and I love good people. I just love good people. <laughs> and so the next day at the airport, uh, before she like went in security, this the FBI member's wife was with her. And she was like, do you need to go to the bathroom? And Anita was like, no, not really. And she was like, no, you need to go to the bathroom. And like pulled her to the bathroom. And she shoved one of the FBI's jacket in her backpack. And she was like, you deserve this. Oh. She was like, I stole it from one of the guy's chairs. I'll tell him tonight. And <laughs> And Anita was like, I have stolen FBI property in my backpack. (laughs) Oh, my God. I know. Um, I hope that she and that FBI wife are, like, still in contact. I just hope that there's that bond. She's also still in contact with the guy who did her interview, I believe. She said that he's, like, one of her best friends. Oh, that's so awesome. Which I love. 
Um, and so they obviously like let her go through with that. And I don't think anybody cared. Mm-hmm. Like she did deserve an FBI Oh my jacket. God. Anything else you want? Yeah. Yeah. So I hope that she got anything she wanted. I think she did. They yeah. were all like, thank God we found Take you alive. Take your pick. Anything you want, it's yours. Yeah. Raid Bring the room. it home. It's Bring all it good. home. <laughs> Hang it up. You want credit cards here? Have them. <laughs> Rack right. up a bill. You're fine, girl. Yeah. It's on the FBI. You got yeah. it. And so she finally got home, and Anita did not get, like, a huge warm welcome. Like, there was nobody waiting at her gate with, like, a sign that's like, we missed you. We what love you. Hell? Welcome home. Well, that's what she was thinking. She was like, fucking A. Like, I was just stolen for eight days. You think someone could come pick me I up? I was for over a week with the devil himself. Yes. Actually, the man that the devil won't even let in hell. Like, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, well, it turns out that they gave her family the wrong gate number to throw off, like, any press if anybody was following because like it was all over yeah and so that actually worked out good and then when she actually got to them they had brought like a 15 person bus so like her entire family could come and her boyfriend was there so like everybody got to see her um i also cried at that point when i was reading yeah i don't need to cry again and so when anita got home she said her entire hometown and like even the road leading up to her house was like covered in oh god it's gonna happen again um was like covered in signs like saying good job cops and like welcoming her home (laughs) and like talking about pray for the wildridges and like all of that (laughs) fuck it's so annoying i need to stop Okay. Um, and so she laughed, though, because when she got in, she was like, honestly, if it weren't for the balloons, it would have looked like a funeral. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, there were so many cards and like, I'm sure casseroles and like bouquets of flowers that people said. This girl's like a riot, though. <laughs> <You know what laughs> she's talking about. <laughs> she really is. Because um, if you're not laughing, you're crying. Yeah. And she said the next day there were probably 32 cards in the mail like just pouring in to be like we're so glad that you're okay and that you're safe and she said most of them were from people that she knew like friends family old school teachers but Mm -hmm. there were ones from total strangers that were like i want you to know that like i prayed for you wow yeah and so she says one thing that i really like about this is she's like i kept every single one like i have every single card and if I have a bad day, I just take a couple out. That'll do you right up. Yeah, like, there you go. Uh, so we're going to talk about the trial. Anita remembers talking about one conversation that stood out to her uh, that she's willing to talk about, I assume. I'm sure there were many that she didn't want to like publicly share. But one that she was talking about was with her brother because he was like, I know that you're really nice and you're like a really sweet person, but you're going to prosecute, right? And she was like, Oh, hell yeah. Like, I'm nice, but I'm... Yeah. like <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. This will not happen to anybody else. And he like, will pay for what he's done to me. You think about all of her motivation for getting through this. It's like, if I don't do it, it's going to be somebody else. It's going to double the amount of people impacted. Like, I'm not letting kids come here. It's so driven by, like, keeping other people safe that that... Ha- I feel like that had to be such a big part of it. Yeah. Because she was like, f- like no, I didn't go through all that to to let him do it to someone else anyway for him to walk right yeah and so she's like i'm a nice person but i'm not a doormat so like yeah and oh so my god the traps for anita yes the trial was an absolute shit show god damn um, it but see victor decided to represent himself 
Oh, yes. Which I love. Oh, my God. <laughs> yes. it's like, be an idiot for my advantage. Yes. Like, oh, my God. Um, and so, at le- again, at least that idiot is to our advantage. Um, but see, the problem with Victor representing himself was that he got to be the one to cross-examine Anita on the stand. Which I personally hate. I think, like, you should be able to represent yourself if you want, but I don't think you should be allowed to talk to the... Like, if you're the alleged offender, you shouldn't be allowed to do the cross-examination. But he has a right to... He has a right to represent himself. But he has a right to represent himself, but he also has a right to, you know, face his accuser. Mm Mm-hmm. Um... I just think that that should be done with a oh, it's a entirely party. fucked up. In this case, yeah. it's at, it's so ass backwards that it shouldn't be there, or as you would say, back ass words, back ass words. But indeed. I mean, yeah, on the books, yeah. So he did get to, and Anita said that's like really what sent her spiraling. Is like she was not expecting that. I mean, who would? But um, her victim witness advocate called and let her know and was like, "I'm so sorry. I would have told you in person if I thought this was going to happen." But like. You know, like you said, but it's excellent. your right. So yeah. we can't have him like you can't tell him no. Um, and so they actually were so good. Her brother's an attorney. So she got to talk with him. She got to talk with the victim witness advocate and the police. Uh, and they explained the whole process. They were like, this is what's going to happen. Good. We can't promise to know what questions he'll ask. We're not privy. But like, here are some questions he might ask. And they had like this whole thing worked out so like she'd had a signal if she was getting overwhelmed or like at the end of her rope on stand that she could say and like her lawyers and the advocate would handle it and they did like to their credit they were a great team awesome but victor (laughs) uh victor started his opening statement with his prior rape conviction he said listen jury uh i want you to hear it from me okay he said i believe that I'm being framed because I'm an easy suspect because I already have a rape conviction, Ugh. but I didn't do this. And he's out again. All right. Anyway, keep yeah. moving. Um, and he said, listen, they're just trying to pin it on me because I'd be easy. Like, I did not do this. He also said he was going to sue the Indiana State Corrections for framing him. Oh, OK. In your opening. Do you have an alibi for those eight days or? So wait. OK. At the trial. Again, she had, like, all of these things going on. Her code word to her advocate was motherfucker. <laughs> oh, I love that. So she went, motherfucker. And she was like, all right, that's it. That's a wrap. We're going to take a break. Like, <laughs> oh, that's awesome. But um, the other thing I wanted to mention just really fast, because it's the other time she's talked about, like, actually saying fuck, like, out of her own mouth that mm-hmm. wasn't me putting it in there, <laughs> was when she found out he was going to represent himself. She was like, it was, like, fury and rage and panic attack like all at the same time and she was not allowed to swear in her house uh she said the one swear word that they like kind of allowed sometimes was hell if that gives you an idea and so she found out she was like this fucking fucker fucking hell (laughs) and she was like some like suddenly it like stopped and it dawned on me and she's like i just said fuck so many times to my mom (laughs) and she was like I'm sorry, mom. And her mom was like, I, th- I think it's allowed in this case. Like, yep. you're fine. <laughs> um, oh, my God. But, yeah, so that was her little code word to her. <laughs> I love that. A victim's witness advocate. And Victor's defense was, I didn't do it. And okay. so he just wanted Solid. to prove that he couldn't have done it. He didn't have an alibi. Oh. Uh, he did refer to himself in the third person all the time as, like, the defendant. 
So mm-hmm. one of the quest like lines of questioning that Anita remembers was like he would say, Did you know that the defendant has a curvature in his spine, meaning that he can't lay on his back? And she was like, No. How why the fuck no. Would I, I did know not that? know that. And he was like, Well, if you can't lay on your back, then you can't sleep on your back. And if you can't sleep on your back, then he can't snore. <laughs> <laughs> Are you kidding me? Anita was like, well, did you know that you can snore on your stomach side or back? Like, In sitting up, upside down, whatever you... Are you kidding me? That was his defense. Um, And it like, her responses were cracking me up. And at the end, she was just getting like fed up. Like, you know, all the fucking questions coming from the person that did that to you. And she was like, at the end of it, she was like, you know what? I don't know. You were there. Why don't you start answering questions? Like, oh I'm my sta- god, snaps! And so, snaps for Anita. Uh, they fucking kicked ass at that trial. Excellent. So, Victor was charged with kidnapping, illegal possession of a firearm, use of a firearm during a felony, carjacking, and the use of a firearm during a kidnapping. Victor was given life plus 25 years and no possibility of parole. Did he not get charged for the rape? So, we're going to talk about that. Oh. So he did not, but it was not because there was not enough adequate evidence. It's because the rape would have been a state charge, and this was their federal court case. Okay. Now, um, Anita said that her and her lawyer, like her team of lawyers basically, Mm -hmm. planned on pursuing these charges as long as it took until it got life without parole. Gotcha. And so because they got it on that first round in the federal case they did not go forward and pursue within the states Mm -hmm. because they had like the federal case the indiana case and the wisconsin case okay um and she said that you know they didn't want to like re-traumatize her by making her go into the actual specifics of that piece of it oh that's true yep and she was like especially after they already got that plus years plus no parole right she was like i'm not gonna do it so i losing sleep I want to put it out there that this man is a fucking rapist and he's an aggravated rapist. And frankly, I think that he should be doing something a lot worse. Like, I'd be fine with having him tested for like, I don't know, what does random diseases do to you? Like, let's just inject him. Let's see. But Uh, yeah, like as much pain as we can inflict on him. How about this? How about this? Let's just make it even right. An eye for an eye. I know that's not how we do things anymore. But like in a handful of cases, I think have at it either. Let Anita in a room with him with a baseball bat, a fucking meat cleaver, yeah. and fucking exacto knife, yeah. and let's see where the night takes her. Yeah. Okay. And ex- exempt. She is exempt from any. Yeah. The in door this case. closes, locks, no cameras, no windows, no nothing. And when she comes out, she's free. She can do yep. whatever she wants. That or, well, and or her family. Yep. Also there. Oh yeah. Um, to like partake. You know, it can partake be and or in lieu of her if she doesn't want to see him again because that's her right. Yep. You know. Um. So we could do that. Um, and I would say that all that was done to her should also be done to him. Yes. Because an eye for an eye. Ideally by someone that fair. he finds disgusting. Correct. Yes. Like equally as repulsive as he is. More so. so Hard that, to do, but. So that we can, yeah. you know. Yeah. With the curvature in the spine. <laughs> bitch. Yeah. So, you know, we just don't want him getting out of that and being able to say like, he snored. Correct. You know? Um, how about this? You won't be snoring anymore. How yeah. about that? Okay. How about that? All right. You won't be doing much Doesn't of fucking anything that curvature, anymore. Okay. Yeah. Have a good day. Okay. Um, fucking assholes. So I'm just going to say 
in the event that like a bomb goes off with just enough proximity to like blow the top off the prison and all the prisoners escape, this man's a fucking rapist. Do not let it go twisted. Just because he was not charged with it for this case does not mean it did not happen every day, multiple times right. a day if there's a, in a violent way. If there's a prison break and he yeah. gets out, everyone should know what he did. Yes, precisely. Um, I want it plastered like on every wall. This man is a monster. <laughs> like, uh, If it was me and I could like pass legislation, I would say that no businesses should allow him to shop there. Mm-hmm. Just period. Period. Um, but if anyway. he escapes, you mean? No, just ever. I don't want him getting anything from the commissary. I don't want him getting like postcards from the trading post. Like He gets like no ramen noodles, yeah. no fucking Doritos. Or he can get ramen noodles, but no water. He has to eat them dry for eternity with no seasoning, just the noodles. Oh, my God. Yeah. They actually put- use that to like fix furniture. We could put the seasoning in his eyes. <gasps> Cute. And then it can just... Anyway, this is... That's a fucking... I am stone cold right now. So, um... I also wanted to share here that I also found another thing that made me laugh a lot, mm-hmm. which was in my research for this. I found that a Mr. Victor Steele also had a case with McDonald's. This fucking McBurglar tried to sue McDonald's for finding out that he was a felon and giving him the quote unquote bad jobs. Um, oh. Yeah, he sued them because he disclosed his felony status afterwards. And I don't know if a lot of people know this, but those of us in the CJ field probably do. Places will get tax benefits for hiring felons. Um, and I think there's like certain things you have to comply with or whatever. But, you know, there are benefits to doing it for a company. So he said they like profited off of him and then they made him do the worst jobs, like cleaning out the grease trap. And I was like, okay you're getting paid that's the point of the job yeah what do you think you're better than everybody else he put in a literal lawsuit for that fuck out of here mcburglar so (laughs) um that being said he has also done anything and everything but leave anita alone he has never apologized he has never shown any remorse he's never taken accountability for it he's never admitted it nope um and frankly he tries to sue anita anyone involved um everyone involved he's tried to appeal a bunch of times and Mm. it's to the point where anita said that she literally had to set it up so that her notifications only went like she was only notified of it if there was a very large chance it could go to trial because it was happening so it was so frequent and she was like it's just another way for him to fucking control my life yeah, so it's I'm just n- another way I'm to not dealing it. with it. Yeah, mm-hmm. which is good for her. And she said there was only like one time that it happened, and it was because there was someone new at the FBI who didn't know everything, and was like considering putting through the appeal. Oh my and god! And then they had to like fill him in, and her victim witness advocate was like, "It's okay, it's okay, take a deep breath. It was just a new guy. Yes. <laughs> just a new guy. <laughs> it's okay." Oh my god! Um, her victim witness advocate is also someone that she is still very close with to the day. Oh, good. And even though she's no longer doing advocacy work, she's still the person that Anita will call when she hits the fan. Oh, so like snaps for victim witness advocates because they're so important. They're so fucking important. But anyway, Anita is not an asshat. She is not a monster. She is none of the things that this fucking McBurglar Victor Steele is. Um, she's wonderful 
And she's wonderful not only before the trauma, but through the trauma and despite the trauma. And she's literally the living embodiment of like the comeback is bigger than the setback. She wrote a book about it. Amazing. I'm cry again. Oh, she wrote it with her therapist, actually. All right. Now we're going to fucking go. It was okay. cute because she was like, I lived through it. You have to do all the work. So <laughs> her therapist did like all the setting up of like interviews and stuff like that oh, with good. all the law enforcement that were involved and all of that. But she literally forgave that asshat. She said, I'm doing it for my own peace. I need closure. I'm not going to let him do anything, but I forgive him. Which is like, what a fucking woman. Like, I can't. Oh, my God. Uh, like, that's the kind of person that I want remembered. That's the kind of person that I want out there. And, like, that's the kind of person I want to talk about. Anita's now a nurse. Oh, that's awesome. Um, she understands all of the tests that the nurses and doctors at the hospital put her through. I wonder if she's a sane nurse. Uh, she did talk about having a few of those with her. Okay. I don't know if she specifically is. I feel like that might be triggering, triggering. Um, but if she is, e- even more astounding. <laughs> and just in case you don't know what a... It's like a sexual assault... Nurse examiner. Exam- okay, that's So it's it. S-A-N-E. They're just called SANE nurses, but they are nurses with specialized training in working with victims of assault. Yeah. And like helping administer those tests that are so crucial after yeah. that happens, but can be ever so traumatizing yeah just again like we've talked about more strangers poking and prodding you after such incredible violations sane nurses truly do god's work yes and they're incredible um so yeah she's a nurse and she helps other people live every single day wow so um i'm sure there's ptsd and i'm sure that there's not a year goes by that she won't have eight days at least that she does not sleep and does not think about anything else. Of course. But she has been with therapists for decades. She said she's only had three in the last like 20 some years. Good for her. So she like maybe in her late 40s, 50s now? I think so. But she was 21 or 22 or something when she was taken. Okay. Um. So young. Yeah. And she's moved on. She's beautiful. She's independent of that fucking motherfucker. Has she gone on to like have a family? Frankly, I did not ask much about that. She had a boyfriend at the time mm-hmm. that did not go well. I mean, frankly, she had to work she on her. Had, she had some stuff for herself. She had some stuff for herself. And also, I mean, it was just as trauma, not just as traumatizing, but it was also traumatizing for him. Mm-hmm. Like he really viewed himself as like, quote unquote, the protector and like he should have been there. And also something that I want to mention on here that I feel like not a lot of places talk about after rape cases Um you guys, if anything like that happens, it is common for the partner to think like, well, they did that with that other person and now they don't want to do it with me. And it kind of becomes like a why not me thing. And that's not to say that there's n- that those people aren't trying to attempt to understand and that they they don't see the logic of like oh that was really traumatizing we probably don't want to do that right now right but it is normal to have those thoughts and it's good to talk to somebody about them that's not the victim correct talk to like a therapist yeah work on your stuff separate and so they they had you know they had to go their separate ways so few relationships can survive a major trauma like this Mm -hmm. especially so young like yeah and prolonged i mean even a day traumatic event it can be life-changing yeah this was over a week long day in and day out 
singular like on an individual level it's just her and just her assailant yeah not knowing if she's going to survive enduring physical emotional and like mental pain the entire time so i think that it's good to talk about you know it's normal for things like that to really blow up a relationship that's insane that being said anita has at least started dating again she talks about and that i survived she might have by now i don't know how long it's been since that came out off the top of my head but um she did start talking about like when she felt ready to start trying to like trust men again and have a relationship again that she wanted that's actually the last therapist change she had was to someone close to her age because the one before that was very like uh she said grandmotherly Mm -hmm. and she was like it's just kind of hard to talk about your dating and like life like that with someone that you know feels like a grandmother yeah so um you know I just I'm so proud of her like she's done so much and she's just such a beautiful like human being and I hope that she gets to live the rest of her life in peace and not not connected with this man's name any more than it has to be, you know? Yeah. Which is why, by the way, this is called The Wonderful Survival of Anita Woldridge. Hell yeah. Yeah. We're not putting his name anywhere. <laughs> we should, maybe not as a reprieve because I wouldn't call it that, but let's give some resources. I was just thinking the same thing. So first things first, I wanted to start with the National Sexual Assault Hotline. That's at 1-800-656-4673. Again, that's the the National Sexual Assault Hotline at 1-800-656-4673. There's also the National Sexual Violence Resource Center. That's nsvrc.org, as well as the RAIN foundation that's rape and incest national networks that's r-a-i-n-n.org i also wanted to talk about the national suicide prevention hotline just in case anybody you know is going through this and going through it um that's at 1-800-273-8255 also remember 988 exists for mental health crises now which we love and also I wanted to talk about the hotline, which, by the way, is another domestic violence hotline. Um, You can go to thehotline.org. And what I love is that you're going to be connected with a live advocate. Um, Normally, I wouldn't necessarily put this in there because domestic violence isn't really this nature. But I think it's so important to be able to talk to people that are knowledgeable and that are real life and not robots. Absolutely. so much so much these days is just becoming robots so i think that's important and again that's the hotline.org and of course if y'all didn't have time to write all that down or you're like driving and that's unsafe and you don't want to do that you can go to our instagram babies it's going to be in our resources we got it for you we have a whole ass highlights tab for you we're never gonna make you cry with something like this and not give you someone professional to talk to about it okay and if you're like us and you use humor and cute things and happy things to cope you can look at our reprieve tab that we have there as well in our highlights because 
you know you need it. You do. And it's got like cute little memes and funny true crime relatable shit. Absolutely. But we're not going to give too much away because you guys have to look at it. But silly. if you wanted to find it, you could definitely do that at Instagram. Oh my you god, Abby, where would you go for our Instagram? You ask like such great questions. I think so I do. you'd look it up and you'd be like, hmm, I wonder how I'm going to find ATFTC. Correct. You could probably search in ATFTC and we'd show up. But if you wanted to do like the long haul, we mm-hmm. are at about time for true crime pod with periods in between every word. So that is A B O U T period T I M E period F O R period T R U E period C R I M E period dot P O D because podcast was too long. But you guys, if you wanted to email us and like tell us what assholes I am for making you listen to this, you could do that at our email. I would also hope that you don't do that and send us like case requests or something that you want to hear or share your yes. thoughts and feelings. Or if you're like, hey, oh my gosh, I know Anita and she's like a badass babe and she's doing this thing now and you wanted to let us know so we could share it. I would absolutely love to do that. Um, you could do that at our email. But Allie, where would they email? So if you wanted to email us. Again, we would absolutely love if you did that. Hell yeah. But let me tell you how. So you email us at about time, mm-hmm. the number four, mm-hmm. TC yes. at gmail.com. Okay. So that's A-B-O-U-T-T-I-M-E, numeric four, TC at gmail.com. Just don't be creepy and we will get back to you. I love it. We try to get back to all of you. If you guys can, please, please, please rate, review and subscribe. Again, we talk about it all the time, but it helps us tell so much. Tell friends, repost repost we love that um and we do love the reviews and we did see a few new ones so thank you so much we really do appreciate them and we'd love to hear your feedback you know we love to talk about this stuff the two of us and we're excited to share it with you but that means we want you to be excited about what we're sharing so let us know and we want your feedback because you are just as much a part of the conversation as we are and like honestly you guys the atftc fam would not be the same without you it really wouldn't we want to keep you here of course we do so if I could, I'd like to give you all one giant group hug through the internet. Um, yeah, we made it. We made it. That was I cried a really hard one. <laughs> twice. You I cried know. like four times and I couldn't I look at you. So we spent most of this episode not making eye contact, which was very helpful. It was very helpful and very I'm going to cry again. Different. We got to wrap this um, up. <laughs> so love you all so much. Uh, I do want to throw in something positive to end this on. Yes, please. Uh, so we wanted to leave you guys with a nice little quote. Um you know, just some feel goods fuzzies for you. But from Michelle Rosenthal, we have trauma creates change you don't choose. Healing is about creating change you do choose. And who better than Anita to show that, huh? I know, right? What a cutie. I love her. All right. And I love you guys. So I'm giving you all a little boop on the nose and a little kiss on the cheek. And we'll see you next week. Yeah. All right. If I look at my clock, that was about time for true crime. Bye. Please drink water. Replace the tears.